Welcome to Beaver Lodge Alliance's sermon podcast. We're so glad to join you. This is the latest sermon. We pray that you would receive encouragement, exhortation, and that Jesus would speak to you through this sermon. Enjoy. Well, as many of you, by the sounds of it, uh, I also have a bit of a cold, so I'm going to be doing my best, and hopefully our uh, sound person will be on that it looks, if it looks like I'm about to cough or something, that he'll mute me, so we'll do, we'll do our best to not cough or sniff loudly in the mic. We'll see how it goes, though. Well, uh, so my grandma and grandpa, who I called Fanny and Papa, were uh, believers. And I remember when I was a young kid hearing about every night before they went to sleep, they would lie in their bed, they would hold hands, and they would pray for all their kids, grandkids, great-grandkids, and they would just pray for them. And when I was younger, I just kind of pictured them listing the names out, right? I pray for David, Diane, Donna, you know, John, Amy, just going through the list and thought, wow, they must really love us because that sounds really boring. And so they must really love us to be willing to do that. And I remember when I got a little bit older, I think I said something to that effect to Fanny, saying, well, doesn't that put you to sleep? Like, that's kind of... You're getting more and more great-grandkids. Like, that will take forever and sounds really boring. And what I remember her saying was just kind of like, what? No, no. Talking to God about our families together is such a wonderful part of our day. We wouldn't miss it. And I remember when she said that, I had, you know, those moments where it's like, okay, I am missing something. Because when I pray, it doesn't feel like that. What am I missing that I don't see talking to God as one of the most wonderful parts of the day? And I think this can be a current experience of a lot of us. We can be so busy. It's hard to find times to pray. And when we do find time, we find it boring, tedious, maybe hard to focus. We get distracted by all the things that's to come for the day or the next day. Or, as someone said, we just kind of spend our time just worrying in God's general direction. Man, that quote, when I saw that, I was like, uh-oh. That, <laughs> yep, that, that landed for me. Just worrying in God's general direction. It can feel like we're talking to ourselves or reading off some kind of weird wish list. Prayer can feel like full of duty, obligation, and, and kind of silly sometimes or pointless. And then we can kind of make excuses of, oh man, I got so much on my plate, I gotta go do that stuff. And then we feel some kind of guilt. And then we pick up our phone. Or we move on to the next task that makes us feel like we're actually accomplishing something. Prayer, like eating vegetables or going for a run, we understand it's good for us, but it seems like very few of us actually enjoy it. And if this is your experience, this is normal. 
You're not an outlier. This doesn't make you some kind of bad Christian. We live in a really difficult time to pray. We just have so many things grasping for our attention. Smartphones, internet, social media, secularization. If you struggle to pray, you're not alone. And it is okay. And we believe that prayer is the portal to life with God. Prayer is the way we communicate with him, have a relationship, how we experience and receive his love, presence, and power in our lives. Prayer is important. (coughs) Oh, sound guy didn't catch that one. (laughs) And because we believe that talking and listening to God is so important. We're moving on to our next Practicing the Way four-week sermon series, and it's around prayer. And again, we're using the same material that we did for our Sabbath. It's out of an organization called Practicing the Way. And so they've provided teaching notes that we're taking and adapting, and there's digital guides online or at the back if you like printed to kind of help us as we move into the next four weeks of developing different ways of prayer. So prayer is important, and often, we're just not quite sure what we're doing or how we're supposed to be doing it, if there is a right way. But thankfully, Jesus has lots of wisdom around prayer. Let's look at Luke 11. So it starts off, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. Now, we're jumping into a bigger story, but the kind of refrain of, Jesus was praying somewhere, is scattered throughout Luke. So we see it in five, verse five, uh, chapter 5, verse 15 to 16. Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. In chapter 6, one of those days, Jesus went out to the mountainside to pray and spent the time praying to God. Chapter 9, Jesus took Peter, John, and James with him and went up to the mountain to pray. So we get to Luke 11. And he's doing the same thing. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. And then it goes on. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. Have you ever thought about the fact that that's what they asked Jesus to teach them? So they would have seen Jesus do all sorts of amazing things. They don't ask him, show us how to heal, show us how to perform miracles, show us how to cast out demons. They ask him in this moment, teach us how to pray. They must have noticed something different about the way Jesus prayed compared to what they were used to. I wonder if they had made a connection or wondered about the connection between Jesus' daily rhythm of prayer, his talking life to God, and his extraordinary outer life with people. Clearly, they realized that how Jesus was experiencing prayer was not how they were. It seemed to be a delight for Jesus. He seemed to seek out God's company, go to the lonely places to talk to God. They wanted to learn something that Jesus knew. So, right now, 
Make the disciples' prayer your own. Lord, teach me how to pray. As we go on in Luke 11, let's pay attention to what Jesus teaches his disciples to pray and how he teaches them to pray. So after the disciples ask him, teach us how to pray, Jesus says, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us each day our daily bread, forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So uh, we call this the Lord's Prayer. The Catholic faith tradition calls it the Our Father. And it's kind of considered a, a liturgy, a pre-made prayer. But it's not only that, because it's also a theological orientation of prayer, a way of coming before God in prayer. See, we often think of prayer as, you know, people asking God for things. And, and there's an aspect to that, don't get me wrong, but there's so much more. If you notice, God, uh, Jesus doesn't ask our Father for anything until halfway through the prayer. The first half is orientation and posture. And there's four theological truths from the Lord's Prayer that are Jesus' framework for all prayer. For Jesus, the first one, God is our Father. Line one, God is our Father. And so the word that's used there is Abba. And it's what a child would call their dad. And you know what, I'm, I'll be honest here, when I hear father, that sounds actually quite uh, formal and traditional and stiff looking. When my kids call their dad father, they're doing it in kind of a, a jesting sort of way. Father, will you come and read? It, it's not, it doesn't have the same connotation. And so, I'll be honest, I'm kind of bummed that so many of our translations keep it as father. Because I think nowadays, often, when we think of a child talking to their dad, they call them dad. Or if they're a baby, daddy. And so Abba is the word that a child would have called their dad at the time. And this was actually revolutionary in Jesus' day. A New Testament scholar, uh, I don't quite have his name, but he, as he looked through a bunch of Jewish literature, calling God our Father is found nowhere else in Jewish scripture. This was entirely from Jesus. And this was his go-to line. God was his Father. And he's teaching us to think the same way. And I just want to acknowledge that I know this idea is really, really hard for some due to the difficult relationships with your human fathers. And we can't help but map our earthly experience with our fathers or father figures on to God, our Father. It just happens. And as a result, our view of God as our Father can get really distorted. And how we view God will actually make or break our prayer life. Because until the false images of God are shattered in our minds, 
will never be drawn into prayer because who wants to spend time with someone who is mean? Who wants to spend time with someone who is disengaged and doesn't care? Who wants to spend time with someone who we don't know if they're going to be happy or angry? We don't. And so for many of us, our journey into a deeper life of prayer starts with healing the false images of who we think God is. Is he an angry tyrant in the sky for you? Is he mad at the world and takes it out on you? Is he waiting to give you what for, for every single mistake? Or maybe he's just a person that kind of pops in and out, just kind of gives you whatever you want to be happy and leave him alone. And you're not drawn to prayer. Why, why would you be? And man, I just want to acknowledge that this journey of letting go of the false ideas of God is hard work. This isn't a thing that we just decide, okay, I'm letting go and we're done here. No, it actually requires us to open up, look at the pain and wounds of our childhood that maybe we just actually don't want to look at. It takes us to a place of where we need to recognize the long-term consequences and implications of what has happened through our lives. We have to forgive people and take the risk of allowing God's love into those places of pain. I won't gloss over that or imply it's a one easy step that's done in 20 minutes. It's a hard, holy thing, and it's worth it. When Nick, my husband, gets home from work, my kids don't kind of grovel at his feet and say, welcome home, Mr. Cheatham. You know, kind of on uh, eggshells. No, they run up, give a hug. We're trying to break this habit. Just jump on them without notice because, you know, my husband's getting older and our kids are getting bigger. And so, you know, when they're two and they're jumping, you're like, I can handle this. When they're 10 and they jump and you're not ready for it, that's a back issue waiting to happen. But anyways, right, they just come and they ask him. They want start talking about their day, wanting to know if he'll play a game with them, do something. Because even though, right, as all earthly parents, Nick has fallen short, like all of us, but they know that he has a welcoming heart, good intentions, and wants to spend time with them. And so the first thing Jesus teaches us about prayer is that the God we come before has a welcoming heart, good intentions towards us, and wants to spend time with us. The primary emotion word used for God in the Old Testament and New Testament is rackum, which means compassionate. And in Hebrew, it's referring to the feeling a father, or actually more specifically, a mother has towards their infant child. That's God's baseline emotion towards you. Compassionate, delighted, and tender care. 
He's our dad. The dad we've longed for and wished our earthly dads were. So, God is our father. The second line for Jesus is that God is as close as air. It goes, our father in heaven. And so, in English, heaven is a tricky word because we hear heaven and we think of a place that you go and die, when you die, you go there. And, and there's truth in that, but actually the Greek word here is orenos. And it actually, it's a plural word that means the heavens. It literally means air. Our father in the air. Think about the air right now. It's all around you. It's up against your skin. It's inside your body. body. It's in your blood. That's how close the availability of God is for you. Jesus is teaching us that God's not far away up in some place where we imagine heaven to be, but actually closer to us than we are to ourselves. God is as close as the air we breathe. And then thirdly, Jesus, for Jesus, the first goal of prayer is the enjoyment of our Father's company. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed is another tricky word. Hallow is to revere and respect the holiness of God. And as uh, I think Pastor Greg talked about it last week, the week before, at some point, now I've lost it, but about holy, what it means. Yes, there is a without sin set apart, but there's also an, another aspect of holy, of unique, holy other, special, beautiful. Timothy Keller, a, a Christian pastor and author says, to hallow God's name is to have a sense and a heart of grateful joy towards God and even more a wondrous sense of his beauty. So as we start to commune with God, as we start to pray and enter in to the inner life of Father, Son, and Spirit, and we share in their love, joy, and peace, you realize that they radiate beauty. And you can't help but want others to see God as he truly is. Think of how different Jesus' approach to pray is from ours. The first half of this is, is Jesus just in loving worship of his father, enjoying his father's company. We often come to God to get things from God. And the things that we often are asking God for are things we actually feel we need to get happy or be okay. God, fix my job. Fix what's going on in my family. Provide. And there's a reason why we pray when things are under threat. And it's okay. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. Because God is our Father, wants to hear everything. And this can be a gentle sign from our hearts that for most of us, maybe we're still searching for happiness outside of God. Because we're coming to him to fix the thing that we think we need fixed to be okay. Jesus' first goal is just to enter into the beauty and love of his Father. 
finally, for Jesus, he, he believes that our prayers really do make a difference. Your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. <coughs> Jesus is assuming that his kingdom has not yet come. His will not yet done. In part, yes, but not in full. He assumes that through prayer, we partner with him to bend reality in the direction of our Father's good intentions. There's so much more that can be said about the Lord's Prayer, but think about how different this is from our approach. We think of God as a grumpy dictator, a vending machine, a capricious jerk. Not, not our Father. We think he's far away in outer space somewhere, not as close as air. We think the main point is to get things from God, not just delight in talking to God and his love. We assume that eh, what's going to happen is going to happen with or without our prayers, so it doesn't matter. But no, Jesus is teaching us and wants us to take the posture and orientation that we are to enjoy our dad, who is as close as the air we breathe, and that what we pray makes a difference. So that's what Jesus teaches us to pray. He also teaches us how to pray. So he doesn't start by teaching us to say whatever's on our mind. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But he does start by saying, when you pray, say, and then he goes into the Lord's Prayer. And so this is what we mean by talking to God in this session. Praying pre-made prayers that someone else in this case, Jesus, created. So here's a few examples of pre-made prayers. The Lord's Prayer. The early Christians prayed this three times a day. Psalms. A lot of them were designed to be prayed and sung rather than read. Scripture. Praying scriptures back to God, calling on God to fulfill his promises. Singing. There's power in prayer set to music. We don't think of modern worship music as a prayer, but it is. It's a pre-written prayer that we're all together praying to God. And then there's also formal liturgy that we see in more historic streams of the church. And then we have apps now that can guide us through prayer. All of these are examples of pre-made prayers. And this type of pre-made prayer can be helpful when we're first learning to pray and not quite sure how this goes, this can be helpful. Think of how kids learn to write. They start tracing letters, then tracing words. Our brains learn well by copying. Another way that this can be helpful is when you're traveling and away from your regular rhythms and feel all discombobulated. To go back to one of your known pre-made prayers can help ground you in the presence of Jesus, even when everything else is unfamiliar. When you're exhausted and can't focus your mind very well, to even formulate when you have a newborn or lack of sleep or demanding season and you're like, my mind just actually isn't working right now, you can pray some of these pre-made prayers. Funny story. Uh, years ago, when I was pregnant with Naomi, my, my oldest, uh, 
So it was at the end of a day, end of a golf tournament. I was heavily pregnant, so exhausted. Whatever pregnancy does to your brain, I was fully in that fog, whatever that is. And they came up at the last minute and said, hey, will you pray for the meal? About probably 80 golfers. And it was for not a, not a Christian organization. Can you pray for the meal? And I was like, sure. My mind was not working. And at the time, I did not like praying out loud. I hated it. I got so panicky and I felt like I didn't know what to say. But I also felt like, oh, well, they're asking me and I have no other choice. Like, if I say no, what are they going to think? So I said yes. And I get up there and it's like blank. My mind is blank. And so I just, I can't even remember what I said, the front half. And then I get to the end and it's that moment of, I can't remember, how do you finish prayer? I don't know what I'm doing. So I said, thank you, bye. Put it down, went down, and the golfers who, you know, were well lubricated, died laughing. <laughs> it was like one of those things where I was like, man, maybe a pre-made prayer would have been helpful there. Although, people still talk about that to me and say it was probably one of the most genuine prayers they've heard. And I was like, I guess so, right? Saying thank you, bye to God is not bad. But maybe. So when you're exhausted and your mind is not working well, a pre-made prayer might be helpful. When we're emotionally or physically unwell, a pre-made prayer can be helpful. Sometimes when we long for greater articulation, we have feelings that we can't use our own words to say. But there's a pre-made prayer that, that articulates exactly what our heart feels. This might be helpful for some that have a real issue praying out loud. I know there's some of you that, are, that just can't. That it's terrifying. Whatever the reason is, you cannot pray out loud. Start. Pick a pre-made prayer. Read it out. It's no less valid than one that's come out of your own head. This can be a really helpful way to pray, using some of these pre-made prayers. Let's acknowledge, though, also the limitations. Sometimes it can feel really impersonal, inauthentic. Simply wrote, if these are things you've memorized, that you can just, like, rattle through the Lord's Prayer without even thinking about it. Or more of an intellectual exercise. But I would challenge you, if you're thinking that way, that that's more of an issue of your approach rather than the prayers themselves. Because if we're intentional, we're present, and we're opening ourselves up to God, then whether we use our own words or we're saying words that someone wrote thousands of years ago, we can meet the presence of Jesus there. And it's a beautiful thing when you think about it, to joining in with the communion of saints, adding our voices to the millions throughout the world and history, saying these prayers all together. We can pray with articulation and, and beauty in these prayers. It can help guard our minds from distractions. These pre-made prayers help build structure for the presence of Jesus. And so our practice this week 
that if you're in a connect group, you'll be talking about, and, and the, you can grab the digital guide as well, is to begin to build daily prayer rhythms. To create space to encounter the love, presence, and power of Jesus in our days. And to explore when, where, and how to pray. And so there's all sorts of suggestions and recommendations on how to pray, but I want to be very clear about this. There is no right way to pray. It's not like if you don't say it just right, God's going to be like, well, they didn't say amen at the end, so I guess that one doesn't count. Oh man, when we turn, think about it, right? When, as mothers or fathers, when our kids come to us, and if they're learning how to speak and they're kind of babbling and stuff, you're delighted. And, and for us, we're like, I'm not quite sure what you meant. But God knows exactly what you mean, whether you're, you're babbling or you're using a pre-made prayer or you're just sitting there crying and groaning because you don't have words. He's there. He sees you. He hears your prayers. And he wants to listen. Because remember, the ultimate aim of prayer is not to master some spiritual discipline but rather to be formed and shaped in the love of Jesus and as a result, be set free. Because as we open our hearts to God and allow deeper and deeper parts of our life and world to be exposed to his love, the result is healing, salvation, deliverance, and freedom. The whole point is just to live more and more of our days receiving and giving the love of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So this coming week, as we begin this practice, I can't think of a better start than, Lord, teach us to pray. Well, in response to uh, what Pastor Amy preached today, we're going to read uh, the Lord's Prayer um, based on the version that she had up on the screen. So she's going to pop that, we're going to pop that back up there again. Is that the whole thing? No, there's another slide. Oh, there's another slide. Okay. All right. You guys ready? So it's going to be a little different. So we're, it's going to be a little different than the one that you're used to praying. But here's my encouragement. As Pastor Amy was talking about, um, when sometimes we recite these things off. We say them really quickly, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be the name. We say it really quickly and we don't think of what's actually being said. Saying it in different words actually forces us to think about this differently. So we're going to say it with a, maybe a, some different words than what you've heard before. So here we go. Let's recite this. I want you guys stand. You guys stand. That's good. And we're going to say this together. All right. Here, join me. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Okay, goodbye. Perfect. Well, I want to I just pray a blessing over you as we end. Um, just a quick little note. 
Some of you may have joined us last night for a Sabbath meal. So we ended our four-week series with a Sabbath meal last night. Many of you signed up. Some of you signed up to host. Some of you signed up to go to one of those places. And we just had such a delightful time last night when I, when I went. We had um, about 10 of us or so were at the Sabbath meal I went to. I would encourage you, pay attention to what's coming. If you missed out last night, Pay attention. We're going to be having another celebration at the end of our four weeks on prayer. We're going to have a celebration on prayer. And then we're going to have, uh, in January, four weeks on fasting. And we're going to have a celebration then. Not as much food that month, but it'll be good anyhow. So uh, I'm going to pray this. Uh, this is another one of those um, prayers that has been formed by Scripture. Uh, so I think, hopefully, I'm going, to, I'm going to get it right. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord shine his face upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Amen. You're dismissed. Go in peace. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. If you would like more information about us or find out ways to contact us, visit our website at www.beaverlodgealliancechurch.com. We pray today that you would experience the love, presence, and power of Jesus Christ and then make him known.